It's Mankato's Talk of the Town, connecting the community on News Sports Talk KTOE. Here's your host, Lisa Kay. My guest this hour, Mankato City Manager Susan Arntz, and she's fresh off a fire truck. I, this picture she just showed me, I gotta ask about this. Last, uh, last was it? Saturday. Saturday, yeah, it was Saturday. The uh, controlled burn, the live burn. Yeah. I kept calling it controlled burn, and Jay Kapischke says this live burn is what we call it. But that happened, and Charlie and I were able to drive by just in time to see them spraying water on what was left of the house. Yeah. So that was good. So um, thanks for having me. First time live, so very exciting. Um, We did have our fire department. It was primarily some of our part-time and paid-on-call firefighters doing the participating in the training. We had some of our full-time staff there with them as well. And on Saturday, they started at about 8 o'clock in the morning, and we partnered with the um, Historical Society uh, to do some training in, in the house that they had. Um, that's kind of on part of their expansion and part of their parking lot improvements, I believe. And so our team was out there. We had four different teams of firefighters, and, and they did a series of uh, program burns. They uh, go into the structure. Um, I had the opportunity to climb the ladder and get up how into the bucket. It, how high was that? How high did it um, go up? I, you know, I should have asked. It was probably... 50, 60, 70 feet in the air. I don't know. high. It was, I mean, we were 20 to 40 feet above the roof structure of the house. So it was up there, but I climbed the ladder and uh, then got up into the bucket. And um, there's a photo that our staff took kind of saying, if anybody questions whether you're willing to do field work, (laughs) you know, here's a photo to show them. (laughs) Don't you love being able to do that kind of stuff, though? Those kind of things, which gives you a whole new appreciation for the firefighters that are actually using that for their work. 100%. Wow. It gives me good perspective. It also um, gave me an opportunity to talk to the firefighters while they were waiting, you know, because they aren't all in the building at the time, at the same time, so mm-hmm. I asked them questions. I'm curious um, about what they're about to do, what their approach is, and it was fascinating to see, you know, kind of what they're doing that was part of training, and then kind of hearing from them say, okay, but in an actual fire, here's you wouldn't see this part, you'd see that part, and then you know it. They learn, you know, the color of the smoke means something different is happening in the building. And as I was up in the bucket with Jake Pishke, one of our uh, commanders, we, uh, I, I could hear us talk about or him talk about okay well here's what's happening in the in the structure now oh and so it was fascinating um you know how much science uh so any child that says um science and chemistry aren't important there's a lot of chemistry involved in what happened on saturday right and then they're able to you know do the complete burn so they were able to take the structure all the way down to the ground and then they work with uh, the historical society to you know finish the debris removal and kind of clean up so it's a great training opportunity for our team it's i i haven't been around i guess as long but somebody was saying that there were once around four houses in that area yes and this was the last one to go right yeah and uh, i know that uh, that it being connected to the historical society that that they were very careful about removing every 
piece of historical everything that could be salvaged. Yes. So there were many pieces that went places and are being used yeah. for other things. And they were there documenting yeah. the whole thing, which, you know, you wouldn't expect any less. So mm-hmm. that was also good, too. Yeah. Yeah. What a, what a neat experience. And uh, for those that <laughs> drove around going, something's on fire. Yeah. Clearly, we're not listening. Like, That's <laughs> all good. It was training. Yeah. And so I'm glad that people were able to learn uh, from it anyways, um, because... It's not very often you get to just burn down a house and learn. I no, and it's you know our our team can do training in controlled settings. Right. You know this was obviously a controlled setting. Um, they can do that training in a in a simulator, but until they get actual live training, this is a very different kind of training. They go mm-hmm. home smelling like smoke. They can see how their jackets change color on the outside. It reiterates how important the investment that we've made in the washing machines for their equipment. Right. You know, a lot of science and a lot of evidence around um, lung cancer effects for firefighters as a result of having dirty turnout gear. So, mm-hmm. you know, placing a high priority on making sure that gets cleaned. It's, you know, all pri- part of their process that day. Um, I went home smelling like a campfire. So, um, <laughs> and I walked in the door and my family said, where were you? Yeah. I said, well, well, I told you where I was headed. Let me show you the picture of me yeah. on the fire truck. I love yeah. it. Uh, so we are going to be talking a little bit about things going on in the city of Mankato. Uh, Mankato City Manager Susan Arntz in with us today. The I got the message from the city. The LEAF program is going to be starting. And then I was yeah. talking to the Master Gardeners earlier. They're like, so you know, the, the program in their city is going to be starting. Where are the leaves? We're waiting for the leaves to fall. Right. So we do plan to have our program start on or about October 23rd. It really is weather dependent. Um, it is not the most efficient for us to go out just one day and collect leaves on one day. Mm-hmm. So we do have to collect them over time. Um, but we will start November twenty or October twenty third and run until November seventeenth. We have information on our website that shows by neighborhood uh, what day is your pickup day. So, for example, in my neighborhood, I believe it's on Wednesdays, Tuesdays, Tuesdays that. You know, if we move the leaves, which we don't have a lot of leaves in our little um, area, but if we move the leaves to the um, to the curb, then and then have no cars parked um, on the street in front of our property, it's It's another key, right? right? You got to remove the cars on your day that is being picked up. Uh, Then we have a equipment that will come and pick those um, leaves up. They get composted. There's a better name for this, but for years I've just been calling it the leaf sucking machine. Oh, leaf pickup. I don't know. Yeah. It's like a vacuum. Somebody told me what it was called once. Yeah, our team has been recognized by MPCA and the Environmental Protection Agency for the work that we do and has been used as a model for other communities. Um, You know, there's, there's another school of thought that would encourage people not to remove their leaves. Right. We've you know, been hearing a lot. Is it for pollinators and yeah, absolutely. native habitat kind of thing? Right. And a lot of encouragement of mulch in place, right? And and mulch them, leave them in place. And in working with the MPCA and the EPA, they would say that, you know, in certain areas that works great. You don't have to rake. You can just let them land flat. Mm-hmm. In urban areas, they recommend... A collection of the leaves. They recommend people not have their yards become completely covered by um, leaf or other, I'll just call it fall debris, mm-hmm. um, and are kind of recommending maybe a 10 to 20% coverage. Okay. Because you still need, 
you want to prevent snow mold. You want to prevent, you know, kind of the matting that can happen if your yard is covered. And that's something corner that the, to corner. The gardeners and I have talked about. Sure. If it's too flat and heavy, it will kill grass. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know, working to kind of, you know, maybe you don't rake all the leaves. Maybe you, you know, when you have a massive quantity, you move them to the curb and the city will pick those up. And then uh, maybe you leave some of the leaves in your yard and you run your mower and mulch them in place to help with kind of some of the nutrient that is important, Mm -hmm. uh, but also uh, giving those pollinators and other critters that you know, kind of occupy those spaces this time of year, uh, kind of that cover in that space. The other thing that the primary reason that we are trying to remove some of this fall debris from the community is because often what happens is they end up blowing, getting into the street, into the storm sewer, and anything that goes into the storm sewer eventually is a high likelihood it'll end up in a creek, a stream, a pond, and then we're putting all of those phosphorus and nitrogen and those those chemicals that end up either in the river, the creeks, the streams, the ponds, mm-hmm. and that those things when they're overloaded help kind of augment or give extra burden to these waters that are already impaired. Right. So the Blue Earth River and the Minnesota River are already designated as impaired waters with phosphorus. And so by us helping to remove some of that, um, you know, over time can help manage the amount that's going back into those rivers or those natural bodies of water. So when we are raking those leaves towards the curb, don't rake them towards the, the drain. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They should be in a different spot. Or just keep them, you know, slightly back from the curb. Um, And then it does happen. Things blow, right? And drains get covered with leaves. Um, Not the current house, but our prior house, we had the neighborhood cul-de-sac, or we were in a cul-de-sac, and the neighborhood catch basin was right at the end of our driveway. Oh. And so anytime it rained, uh, the the cul-de-sac would get puddled because the drain was covered. And so we, my husband and I, uh, later our kids, but we were the drain police. Like we would go out there and remove the debris. Um, in the spring, it's challenging because it's ice, yeah. right? And it takes time. And we go out there and, you know, remove that, you know, remove as much as we could so that you could get some flow. And um, it can really help improve things dramatically, just removing some of that debris, um, especially during these next few weeks when, you know, um, you have some of the wind, you, the, the leaves are dry once they get down. You know, we're, we, have a, mm-hmm. we have a few, a little bit to go before we have leaves on the ground. And um, it has happened where we've started our program later because of um, the volume of leaves are just not there. Right. Um, and then we'll go until October 17th. And we've or had November 17th. November 17th, yeah. sorry. And we've had time where we have had to go longer or slightly longer because, you know, it starts later. So, right. you know, it's, it's, it's not the world's, um, it's not the only way to remove them. There are other areas on our website that we have for people if they want to remove the leaves or if it gets outside of that window um, where they can take them for no charge. And so we have that information on our website too. So there is still a place to drop those things off. Yeah. Well, that's good. So October 23rd through November 17th. And then if you make changes on those, maybe extend it a week or have to stop, Do you will you make an announcement? We'll make an announcement. We'll have a news release, uh, probably a, a media release or some information on 
on our Facebook page. So if you follow us anywhere, um, you know, we can, uh, we'll have something we push out. Sounds good. Mankato City Manager Susan Arntz in studio with us today. We're going to talk a little bit about community grants and some other things that are going on within the city. Thanks for joining us here on KTOE. Mankato City Manager Susan Arntz back in studio with me for Talk of the Town today. Right now we're talking about some community grants. Yeah, so soon we will be kicking off our annual community grant programs. So we have two sets of community grants. We have community uh, a community grant program that has three different areas of, of opportunity within it. And then we have special event grants. So special event grants are um, if you're having an event in the community that's open to the community, um, you can apply for um, an an opportunity to get a grant. Um, you know, most of the grants that we provide through that, uh, through the special event lens, um, they are not always, but um, they are usually up to about $2,000 is what the grant um, provides um, some funding for. Um, we encourage people to be uh, nonprofits or, an, or have an access to an organizing committee uh, someone in in the community um, or be a city of Mankato organization. So if you're holding an event in the city of Mankato, um, you know, those are kind of the, the purposes of those um, kind of the, those requirements of eligibility. The um, the events that we've we've done a number of things where we've issued grants to help augment, uh, you know, the um, some of the the bands that have performed in the community oh, sure. and helped augment and and provide resources to um, to some of them. We've um, we also um, do require at the end of the year that if you've received a grant, you provide a um, a report back to the community about how you use the funds. You know, kind of connecting back to your application, so we can see. That you know you accomplished what you had set out to do, and if there's any good learnings that came from it, you know right. that's always helpful mm-hmm. as well. Um, you know, so again, it has to take place you know in or around some public area. You know, if you're having a uh, an invite only um, private event for a, you know a small Smaller group of people, yeah. it's probably not the right kind of grant for this. Um, for this grant but opportunity. But if you're, if you're working for a current nonprofit and you have an idea for something that the community could be invited to. Right, absolutely. This would be good. This could be a great opportunity yeah. for those types of grants. Have you given this these grants out before? We have. Okay. We've done them for a number of years. Can you tell me any, any type of event that maybe has turned into something bigger and that they carry it on? Or We did, at one point, we did provide a grant um, to the Day of the Dead. Okay. Oh, and that's um, you know huge. that's that's yeah. you know started once upon a time as a as a somewhat smaller event, but even in its first year when it was supposed to be smaller, it was huge, and so that's grown significantly. Right. So we've provided funds for um, things like for that. that. Okay. Yep. For events like that, not all of the events are you know grow quite that big. Right. But um, it's just one example. Okay. And then the other side of the program that we have, we have. Um, community performing arts and music grants. So we've given grants to artists that have uh, either created or placed a piece of art somewhere in the community. And those grants are usually, um, you know, an individual artist would no more than about $2,500 for mm-hmm. that, those kinds of grants. Um, we've done community beautification in public art. So, you know, again, it's just a, a slightly different wrinkle. Um, 
We've also done uh, community social service events. So like, for example, we provided funding um, to um, an organization that was providing a public health clinic um, in the past. So for on the social services side, that could be you know, a grant. We have lots of information about the grants on our website under the um, it's under the city manager's office, but they can reach out to Renee Kapischke, who's our city clerk, and her contact information is on that same page. A great way to maybe just get a little extra seed money yeah, and maybe grow your uh, your event. Yeah, or pilot something, right. right? It's a great opportunity. How can you get some money for some things that you want to do? A little bit of help from the city of Mankato with some of these grants. We've talked about the special event support grant that's available, but there's a community grant program as well, and that kind of encompasses a few different areas. Yeah, so we have the community grants have kind of three different buckets, so to speak. We have, we can issue funds for community performing arts and music. So we've given grants to um, the Mankato Community Band, uh, the um, Mankato Symphony. They have a couple of different um, elements that we've provided some uh, funding to. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's a beautification of public art uh, aspect of it. So we have in the past, we've funded um, some artwork that has been placed primarily in our parks, but in other areas, public spaces around the community. You know, most of most of that for us has been structures. Right. So where we've funded um, some of those and then community social service grants. And we have. And, and so for those, you know, we're, we've funded like Key City Bike. Oh, yeah. They did to help augment their kids' bike program. We've given them some funding. We have uh, funded the Southwest Housing Partnership. They did a community garden uh, pr- program in uh, an area for um, a large percentage, uh, you know, an area where there's a, a large number of residents. So okay. they, that was a program that was awarded last year. Um, so those kinds of things on the social services side, the the council we have a small committee, three members of the council that are the grant reviewers. They um, I help I sit through that meeting, and then our city clerk is there as well. And the council members review the applications and then make recommendations to the full council. Um, you know, again, the eligibility is you know a resident or an individual who lives in Mankato or a nonprofit that has a base or that is in Mankato that's who's eligible. And generally, the we don't have a ton of money, and not every grant application gets um, receives funding sure. or an award. Um, so, you know, for funding levels, individual artists are eligible for no more than $2,500. Organizations that have a prior year operating income of less than 50000 are eligible for more than that $2,500 amount. Organizations that have a prior year operating income of fifty thousand or more um, are capped at five thousand. Okay, so we have some limits on sure. you know kind of uh, those aspects of it. The generally we um, kind of start marketing the applications in um, towards the end of the year, and they're available through you know early January. In February, early March is when the committee does their review. Um, and I think that this year we're trying to get the grants a little bit earlier. So I thought I saw yesterday that, that there's a that what is going to get pushed out here uh, in the next several days will be uh, something around a December eighth. I think that timeline oh. for application. So it's a little bit earlier this year. 
Part of getting it earlier is there's a lot of 2024 that happens before we're able to make those grant awards. So we're trying to get that done sooner so that, especially on the special event grant side, there's a greater amount of access to those funds uh, for that calendar year. People can start making their plans. Plans ahead of time, right? right? Yep. Um, There are certain things that we don't fund. So we don't fund other governmental jurisdictions. So this is really intended to be, I'll call it community money. Not that other governments aren't community, but uh, that said, it's really intended to be more uh, Mankato uh, organization and individual focus. So we don't fund... Um, you know, those kinds of um, groups. If you have a deficit from the previous year, um, you know, that would make you ineligible. Mm -hmm. So we need people with good financial standing, you know, those kinds of things. Um, And we do try and encourage organizations where they can to work together. Um, So those grants often get looked at um, a little stronger when there's, a, you know, kind of a multi-organizational Right, there's a um, lot of organizations in town that kind of, I don't want to say do the exact same thing, but they serve the same population. Similar, yeah. So. Yep. And so applications where there's, you know, a higher amount of collaboration, they don't get, they don't necessarily get overlooked, or if you're just an individual doing it, you don't get overlooked. Mm-hmm. That said, where there's more of that collaboration and part- partnership, those are grants that get looked at just a little bit stronger. Yeah. You can help more than one organization yeah. with the money. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So we're excited. You know, this is a great project um, that happens in the community. Uh, part of talking about it here and talking about it other places is to, you know, broaden the scope of who's applying for these grants. Um, it is... On occasion, we do see similar grant applicants year to year, mm-hmm. and that's great. And there's room for new applicants, too, to have their projects or ideas potentially considered. Our city clerk is a great resource, Renee Kapischke, who manages this program for the city. She's a great resource and can be, you know, you can get a hold of her either through email or over the phone to kind of talk about your application. Sure. And she's the one that will receive them, uh, verify that, you know, they've they've met all the requirements, those kinds of things, and then coordinates with the City Council Review Committee uh, to schedule the meeting for that review. It's always nice to have some of that support behind you, especially when you're trying to get something up off the ground and do something good for the community. So I'm yeah. hoping that uh, people and our local nonprofits that listen are, are taking interest in this. And if we want more info, is it available on the city website? It is or? on our website. It's you know a program that's under the city manager's office. So you know on our website, if you find where it'll say city manager and you can drop down to the um, community grants, um, and we have both sets of grants listed there, and then there are links to the page that have the applications there. There are links that have information about what we're looking for, um, you know. So we have that kind of information. And again, if you receive a grant, there is the reporting on the back end. You know, we want to hear what you did. We mm-hmm. want to hear how it go. Yeah. Uh, did you, you know, did you meet or beat your? Um, expect, expected reach. Um, so those that information is helpful for us as well. Um, the you know again it's not a it's not a ton of resources that we have allocated right now to this, but I can say that the reach that the grant program has had has been pretty broad, mm-hmm. and it's very fun to be able to see how these different um, opportunities have you know have been um, consumed in the community. 
The other piece is that, you know, in the community grant program where we have the three different areas of focus, we're not limited to this much money has to be spent on public art, this much money is on social services. So the council has the flexibility to use the full amount towards, you know, kind of all three of those programs. We do try to spread it out and make sure that we... um, we try to, you know, broaden as much as that we as much as we can right. in that area. And so last, there'll be one, there'll be three grants awarded in the community grant program. Then correct. Okay, yeah. so just well, the dollar least, amount. Yeah. Well, and they might be if there are no applicants in one of those categories. Oh. there might not be. Last year we had um, in the um, performing arts and music and the social services was where we issued the grants last year. Okay, and we. Um, we have right now, it's only about fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars $16,000 that we have allocated to these grants. So that part of the reason for limiting the total amount to $2,500 or $5,000. So it's not, it's not a lot. Last year, I think we did um, about six different organizations that we awarded funds to. Okay. We are back on Talk of the Town. Just a quick second here with Mankato City Manager Susan Arntz. Susan, I've got somebody from the fire department coming in next week. Or no, this, this Thursday. Week, yeah, Sean Hayes. Yeah, you'll, he's great. He hopefully is going to encourage all of the listeners and then some to join us at the fire department open house on Saturday, 10 to 1. Uh, so if you miss Sean, just know that 10 to 1, our focus this year is on kitchen safety. So fire safety in the kitchen, you'd be surprised at how quickly some of that can happen. And they've got some demonstrations, and Sean will um, walk you through all those things later this week. So it'll be good. It's a great excuse to go out to dinner, I think. Susan Arts, Mankato City Manager, thank you so much. Thank you.